there are actually days like you you go to sleep and you just wake up and there's like one thousand dollars like uh, burns into just fees reversing fees and you you, you just see like 10 pages of uh, reverts on either scan gm gm everyone my name is Dugachi. i'm your host with scraping bits and i'm here with ox princess how's it going yeah i'm doing fine thank you I really appreciate that you invited me to this podcast and uh, yeah, I really want to thank you thank you, and thank all the listeners. Really glad to chat and answer all the questions that you have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It should be a good one. Um, and thank you for coming on. I know it's, it's taking time out of your day and uh, a lot of Meb searchers don't want to actually come on. So it's, it should be quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Having said that, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do a quick intro of what you do currently. Yeah, so currently uh, we are a team of like three people mm-hmm. and we do full-time searching since like 2020, the summer okay. of 2020. And uh, we are mostly focused on interchain arbitrage on Ethereum and Binance Smart Chain. And that's what we mostly do. And we have like some of the south side projects like the builder uh, on Ethereum we are working on and mm-hmm. some other interesting stuff that will be very useful for like DeFi or some Ethereum. Yeah. What is interchain arbitrage? Is that like cross-chain? Yeah, so the interchain arbitrage is now, the because the cross-chain would be, I think, inter, inter, interchain arbitrage. Like intra-chain should be inside one chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like atomic, ar- the most usual atomic arbitrage you could think of. So if there's like, uh, two pools uh, on Ethereum, one on UniV2 and one UniV3, and they're like in balance. Uh, you can arbitrage them in an atomic way uh, mm-hmm. just after the uh, target transaction that uh, imbalances these pools. So th- that's that's kind of arbitrage we are doing. And like, it's the most uh, co- is is the second common arbitrage inside one chain uh, after not the arbitrage but the MEV uh, stuff you can do after the sandwiching, mm-hmm. but the sandwiching is very hostile and extractive, you know, yeah, yeah. and yeah, and, the, and and it's also very competitive and the risk and this, all this stuff, and so uh, we s- decided to focus on the more safer and like way uh, to actually n- not extract from value from the user from the users and like risk our reputation and other mm-hmm. stuff but uh hold the inventory in tokens and like the jared do and yeah we we just like doing it it's, it, it was just normal arbitrage and it yeah mm-hmm. it, it is right now and it was called arbitrary before flashbots popular mm-hmm. popularized the term mev <laughs> but now it's all mev how, how did you like get into all of this like in, yeah so in, in 2020 how did you get into it I, I assume you did it as a solo searcher to to start with and then you eventually built a team or yeah we actually i actually not started alone but with a friend of mine uh okay. yeah and, like that's how it was started in a really interesting way so uh i thought like i was watching the crypto space very closely i was even trading a little and i saw one of in the telegram channels that i was subscribed to uh i saw the one inch doing ask me anything session Mm -hmm. and i just went to it and then i didn't know what one inch is or what DeFi is Uh, yeah I, i just like knew all the chains and like 
but I didn't go into like the smart contracts on Ethereum and etc. Didn't really use any of the apps yeah. yet. Uh, so and I went to this session and I, I learned what One Inch are doing, and mm -hmm. they were like, I went to their website and I th they just implemented this this split feature where you when you split the liquidity uh, in the router into different pools. Uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't a thing back then, so you were just swapping inside one pool, and okay. they they router that split the liquidity. And I I saw the how the imbalance this the splits was were, and I thought that it, I I saw that if ninety nine percent goes into one pool and one percent to the other, so the liquidity in these pools are like one hundred x different, yeah. and uh, so if there's a transaction that uh, goes not through one inch but through the uh, pool with uh, very little liqui liquidity, mm -hmm. it, it will actually create a crazy imbalance, and this yeah. and actually would be an, a window for arbitrage. So yeah, yeah uh, and uh, I was like aware of the concept of the arbitrage and how that works, uh, like between different uh, sexes. Uh, mm -hmm. the centralized exchanges um, and yeah so I thought uh, it, it might be possible to just implement it into DeFi uh, and I didn't like know if it was even possible to swap between different pools in one transaction etc I didn't yeah. really knew the solidity and stuff like my background was mostly like backend development and yeah and I just went to my friend who's a math major Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we just sat and brainstormed for one day and just started uh, this journey. And like he created a proof concept in like one week that just worked. And we created this like simple proof of concept in like Python. And it was not really, mm -hmm. it was just a simple like, graph uh, of the pools. Uh, and uh, we just, tr we just tracked and not even opportunities created by single transactions, but by the window opportunities that occurred uh, after a block will okay, comes out. And yeah, yeah, we just captured an, a single opportunity for like two thousand uh, dollars. Just uh, and this this window like was open for like a week, and nobody captured it. Yeah, so it was really crazy because like the most searchers would capture uh, the opportunities between like known pools. Uh, so there, mm -hmm. it, it it looks like the, there wasn't really an automated pool discovery uh, searches yet. So yeah, yeah. No, no one just did it in the automatic way, but just uh, they, they whitelisted pools uh, in their configs and uh, arbit they arbitrage between different uh, known pools. And we, we just did mm -hmm. the automatic di pool discovery. So we discovered like a very, like the pool that just no one saw for, for like a week. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, after, after like the, this success, like the instant settlements of the one transaction that was our first transaction for 2K, uh, we like actually mm -hmm. thought that it's actually working. It's it might be a good stuff to uh, be doing for the next like a half mm -hmm. a year. And we started like iterating over this concept, concept and improving our smart contracts, improving our code, mm -hmm. like rewriting re everything from scratch. And like we actually at the current date we did like maybe ten 
like completely different versions of our boss. So, mm-hmm. like we ten. we we wrote wow. yeah, like t- ten times. But yeah, because we're doing it like already like three years. So we actually mm-hmm. like constantly rewriting on the stuff from scratch because we we have to adapt to the landscape. Uh, a lot of new protocols mm-hmm. uh, are being added and constantly. And some of these, like some of the protocols are just not fitting our current uh, architecture. And so we have to rewrite mm-hmm. it uh, to be compatible. And it sometimes requires like breaking everything, rewriting it from scratch. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we had, we had like one bot, uh, that one version that was working for like, uh, half a year without any changes while we were rewriting everything oh. from scratch to write, to write a completely new, like very, very complex version of this new yeah, bot. Yeah. yeah. And what was the process of building the new iterations? But the pipeline was like the following. We saw that the new protocol came, comes out. And it becomes really popular, like it was in like Uni V3 case, right? So yeah. when the Uni V3 came out, searchers that, that did Uni V3 arbitrage were like very profitable one. Orders of magnitude mm-hmm. more profitable than other searchers because, uh, you know, like Uni V3 math is still something that most people are struggling with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even with ill being, right? Uh, not even mm-hmm. mentioning distortion on it and <laughs> like doing yeah. an arbitrage. So it's still very complex math uh, inside smart contracts and outside smart contracts. You have to consider a lot of uh-huh. things. Uh, and the pool, like the pool logic is different and etc. So, uh, yeah. And we like saw the Unity 3 like get comes out for example and uh, we understand that it does it might not fit our current uh, like bot architecture so so what we are yeah, doing yeah. is like we are just completely leaving uh, the current version as it is so it's just running and we just forget mm-hmm. about it and we're just start, starting <laughs> to, to, to rewrite everything like from scratch considering the existence of the univ3 and how we will fit into our like searching architecture uh, so mm-hmm. yeah th- this is uh, like and, and it just like takes yeah, and, and it, it just like takes like m- maybe uh, one month to rewrite everything. And th- then we just, uh, com- with a completely new version, with a completely new set of bugs, <laughs> we are just <laughs> running the bot. Yeah. So. Did you, and did did you we- ever run the bot and then like the bugs were detrimental? Like you lost money? Once running it, maybe there was uh, problems like that because uh, we were. Uh, it, it was a thing on Ethereum in early days, in pre-flash bot days, because you were actually sending the transaction to the transaction pool, right? It was almost always reversing. So the for ten transactions sent, uh, maybe one transactions uh, were actually landing and not reverting, mm-hmm. and of course you will be losing the fee fees paid for the reverted transaction, right? So uh, out of ten, like 10 transactions, you would pay for nine transactions for for the reverts. And the problem is, uh, it's it's like one to 10 ratio, but when it comes like zero to 10, you just you just yeah. pay the... So so it was actually really, uh, and it was actually real, real hard to debug because it, like the transaction uh, passes all the simulations and all the stuff that you would like check before sending it. And it, it just wants mm-hmm. like in your, in your simulations, it should, it should land what, like 100%. And when it doesn't land, you don't really know why. 
it didn't land. So it might be like your competitors that front run you. It might be like hostile miner that uh, were ex like excluded this transaction or put it in mm -hmm. in the place where it reverted. Uh, yeah. So it, it, there was like a multitude of reasons uh, why it would revert, and it was like no yeah. actual way to track it. Oh, and even mm -hmm. like not any ways to troubleshoot it. So there were actually days like you you go to sleep and you just wake up and there's like one thousand dollars like uh, burns into just fees reversion fees <laughs> and you you, you, you just gone. see like ten pages of uh, reverts on either scan and you just grab yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's oh, happened man. like many 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 times and uh, this was actually mm -hmm. the case how you can uh, just lose a lot of money uh yeah after the flashbots it wasn't actually the case i think because uh the because we did atomic uh, stuff so all so yeah, yeah so we had like two risks and this was the unbundling price that uh, mm -hmm. was actually uh, tested in practice by some guy that like that's currently known as low carb crusader right so he mm -hmm. unbundled but it was the risks for uh, sandwiches and we did not uh, do sandwiches uh, but uh, if unbundled we will still uh, our transaction might might revert and we'll still have to pay for the revert and the mm -hmm. other see the other thing is the con smart contract vulnerability so you might know the guy uh the grug from grug capital yeah yeah uh, yeah so he is like uh known for just doing <laughs> independent audits of uh searches contracts <laughs> for <Independent> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, independent audits. Yeah, uh, for uh, <laughs> for vulnerabilities and like callbacks and other stuff in like uh, unchecked mm -hmm. permissions and uh, so yeah. And so this is also a great risk. Uh, it, it's it's not currently the case in our in our smart contract because we use the flash yeah. loans for most of, of our operations uh, because you can uh, you can just uh, do a flash loan in Univ2 pool and as far as I remember maybe in Univ3 even mm -hmm. but in Univ2 for sure yeah you can do that and you, you would not pay any fees uh, for this if I remember correctly so yeah and b b before we had to just uh, had our own inventory and yeah we, we were mm -hmm. like like risking it uh, when doing our transactions, if there's our any vulnerability in the callback and other stuff, but yeah, yeah, now because we just do the flash loans, we don't risk anything in our bank. So yeah, it's a really safe way to like do this stuff on chain. Um, yeah, the flash loans are super beneficial because you can just basically borrow millions of dollars and then make a profit with those millions of dollars and pay back the fee. Yeah, but then you've already made money, so it's like. It doesn't really matter, but it's really expensive as well, gas-wise. So if you're trying to basically compete with someone that's got a massive incentive, then that's kind of a detriment. But it depends on how much money you're making, right? And your your strategies and etc. Yeah, for sure. So like that's the reason why like the space is really competitive, and most of the many of the top searchers uh, like have very unsecure contracts i think so they're just like there's a trade off right so yeah you you, you might be doing uh, stuff like flash, lo flash loans and just it it will spend a lot of gas uh, and mm -hmm. you will be just uh, 
using your own inventory for uh, your operations and that will like you'll be just risking it and it's like all the about risk perception of you as a team so uh, i think for mm -hmm. us it's much more in interesting to not risk our inventory but rather just pay a little be a little bit more uh less a little bit less competitive on the market but yeah. be safe because uh, you like yeah. you might be seeing like a lot of hacks uh, related to searches and there's like unlike uh like hacks of protocols where there's a lot of users uh affected and you there's actually like very there's a possibility that the uh, team would return something or hacker would return something uh, in case of the searches. Mm -hmm. Like there's no one that will stand for you. So uh, if you're if you get hacked, like you just lose all the money. So and nobody yeah, yeah. like say, oh, this poor searcher. Like uh, no, especially <laughs> after like the. Yeah, so especially after the Flashboss has popularized MEV uh, and uh, the MEV has become a synonym of like exploitative, exploitative math, like sandwiches. Uh, most people think mm -hmm. that all the math is not good and uh, it's harming the space and crypto and users. So w when mm -hmm. you'll see like news about like this search got hacked, people will not care like if it's if, if it we're doing sandwiches or it we're doing like yeah. atomic arbitrage or if we're doing like liquidations uh people will like say oh yeah, that that's the right thing he should suffer uh this loss yeah because <laughs> uh, yeah the bots are bad yeah <laughs> so yeah i, I think mm -hmm. it's really important just in this space to be safe because yeah there's no one who will stand for you yeah yeah especially sandwiches like people hate sandwiches um Basically, more than anything else in this space, I think more than rug pulls. Actually, um, like I feel like people that rug pull, they get shamed on, but then it kind of is forgotten about for a while. But like sandwiches are always popping up, and they're just like <laughs> the reputation is just so bad because they make it worse for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder. So you started with you and your friend, right? And then you you said you have a team of three now. So how did you end up hiring or getting on board another person and like trusting yeah, them? That's a really interesting story. Yeah, because there's a really like this is one of the greatest problems of all uh, teams that do searching because like uh, unlike uh, the companies when you just have an IP right and you have the IP rights yeah. that uh, are covering uh, you and so you can sue some like someone IRL for like stealing your IP. Uh, in the in yeah. the case of searching, like you you have like almost no foundation, a legal foundation, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you are are in the country where the like laws uh, regarding the crypto is not very stable and like there's yeah. not nothing that covers you uh, in any way. Uh, so yeah, so there's a great problem of trust in the searcher space regarding that, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really hard to hire someone, especially an unknown person previously, uh, that yeah. that will do work with you. So and it's also really hard to, unlike big companies where you can actually s split responsibilities very uh, like clearly and let and give access like very precise access uh, to the information and the code and etc to the new person in the searcher space it's really hard because all 
your uh, like services are very entangled. Uh, so you're mm -hmm. like you, you have you have almost like a monorepo, right? So you just have yeah. everything in one place, and you just you should give uh, like a new person access to all of it, and then you just risk mm -hmm. it because the person, if it's a good code, like that doesn't ha like that doesn't have any bugs, critical bugs, or right? Someone just might might uh, copy it and just leave your team on the second day. And uh, yeah. yeah, and just run it yourself, set the fees like 1% higher, uh, like, <laughs> or like 10% higher and mm -hmm. uh, just be your competitor for free, uh, actually. So, and, and you'll <laughs> not be able to sue him or like do something with him. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. A, a great problem of trust that all teams are facing. So we did actually uh, didn't solve the problem, but what we did is we just uh, onboarded uh, a person that we know. <laughs> it, it was just our thir third friend, so we just all three friends, <laughs> the happy three friends, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we are uh, doing uh, the searching together. So yeah, and we all have, have like the. Uh, great background behind like financial applications and etc mm -hmm. so yeah and yeah it, 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 it is yeah yeah it makes sense you have to basically trust them like a best friend that you've known for a long time you can't really just bring on someone from twitter and hope it's going to be all, all fine and dandy because they could share i mean yeah they can sign an nda and and whatever but that doesn't stop them from like telling someone and then that person doing something. You, you can't really trace it back unless you get like basically access to their private DMs or even if they just told them in person or over a call, like it's so hard to trace and then you can't really sue or even know if they've even told. So you really, it's really a trust thing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really critical, especially for those strategies that are, you know, high alpha and, uh, what we're building right now, uh, which let's say is being in the works for months and they just like kind of leak it or <laughs> in any way to like another team or even on Twitter um, on like an alt account, I guess. Yeah, I, I just thought that like we see uh, like very similar stuff in like DAOs, right? So there's a lot of drama mm -hmm. in DAOs, like when there's a lot of in like incentives for different like entities uh, that are inside one DAO right but they just like have like competitive competitive proposals and like competitive like fun spendings and uh, it, it's like all the code and all the stuff is open source but there's still a drama <laughs> so uh, so it's especially yeah, yeah. like if it, if it's a problem in the open source space so that would be even like the greater problem in the closed yeah. source space like yeah even like finding new strategies people want to leak that but leading to that how do you even find new strategies or were you just kind of like focusing on one and optimizing that um, until you're kind of like the best? Yeah, so our approach like is, I think it's similar to the most uh, like top one, top 1% top teams. I think uh, yeah. their approach is similar uh, is like doing an automated way for finding stuff. So like the soul searchers, uh, and I like, so I think I saw podcasts with like soul searchers and like they were talking uh, about uh, fi like 
almost like gr gr constant gritting for opportun new opportunities. So they just uh, constantly watch the chain and they just see very like niche, uh, long tail opportunities and they just execute mm -hmm. them for like one week and they just uh, they wait for uh, other opportunities for like half a year and they're just see a new yeah. opportunity they just ex exploit <laughs> oh, yeah. it for one more week and just leave off these like returns for the next half a year <laughs> so that's something yeah. like so and ju they ju just do that in parallel to their like main job uh, and uh, yeah. so it, it's, it's, it was almost it's almost like a hobby for them so if you are doing like searching full-time especially in a team and you have to make like constant uh, stable returns mm -hmm. so it's viable to just set the automated way for finding uh like new protocols and pools uh and you'll mm -hmm. not be able to exploit these niche opportunities that soul searchers will exploit uh so but what you'll do is you'll have the like the constant fund flow revenue stream right so uh, you, mm -hmm. you're just sacrificing some of the performance for the stability uh, that you have and mm -hmm. you just have like have just set up a lot of like filters and checks and uh, like do all the stuff to find new pools uh, in DeFi protocols you already know and maybe you monitor for that some new protocols and contracts that are appearing on the chain and you just add the add the interfaces to these contracts to be included in your already automated system and you'll just check if it, it, it is included properly uh, and added in your like graph of pools that uh, you are searching and uh, mm -hmm. yeah so th so this is the, the way we like doing it and i think like most of teams that are doing it full-time have like similar way of doing it uh yeah because mm -hmm. else like it's just yeah there's there's just no I'm way familiar. like of finding the strat strategies if you're doing full-time searching yeah yeah so you're going to build like some automated system really to just kind of i guess the most efficient way would be like symbolic analysis right and just like go through every possibility but that's also incredibly computational um heavy right so I, hmm, I guess if someone was a yes. solo searcher how, how would they even approach this if they didn't uh, want to just like mess around <laughs> i guess that's uh, a like really interesting question because uh, i like i started my twitter account in like 2021 i guess uh at the end of 2021 and mm -hmm. the first like mini threads I wrote is just it's too late for soul searches to enter MEV competition. <laughs> um, so and yeah, and that's my first thread that uh, had some like get got some attention uh, from the yeah. uh, like other uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, because actually, and uh, in my opinion, it was late even back then in the end of 2021, uh, because there yeah. were already like some cartels. Uh, it was called like MEV cartels or something uh, is there yeah. because there was just a lot of uh, teams that uh, extracted MEV along, along before Flashbots and there were really, really mm -hmm. close uh, like relationships with miners, with large miners. And so this uh, yeah. like 
teams uh, like they, they just be, uh, like re researching even after flash boost so and then like they're switching their connections uh from miners to uh validators from to large validators and they switch their connections from uh miners to flash boss and etc so now they're mm -hmm. have close connections to builders and they didn't like just lost their code base right so they, <laughs> they still they still had their code mm. base and so the problem is not really uh, in extracting uh like d like building a system that would be able to extract uh such value right but the problem is in competition so because the winner gets everything or nothing uh, or, like the winner gets everything and loser like got nothing uh in this space yeah. so it's not it's not like just a middle ground if your system is like 10 percent worse than everything else's right so you'll get nothing mm -hmm. in return and so that's a problem like if you're a soul searcher you'll spend like maybe half a year for building an automated system uh that would just like start up and uh, would work somehow but then you'll just figure out that you you are just not competitive because your bundles will not be landing uh, even if you set like 100 percent mm. bribe uh, like so yeah to the proposer it will still not land because currently uh the bribes are like 90 percent plus i think uh, so there's not in because because there's really tight competition uh and mm -hmm. especially it's became more and more uh, complex to stay competitive during the bear market uh, because we are yeah. like maybe like almost two years in the bear market and and like this all the searchers uh, teams that started searching on chain uh, in 2021 uh, and starting doing it full time uh, are still mm -hmm. doing it today and mostly so but the market is different so the revenues are like uh 10 or what just 100x less that it in was in the bull market uh so yeah, yeah. the the room for improvements and uh in terms of like bribes you give to the proposer yeah. uh is like just really small and there's just no competition in there so uh i mean like you you can just you can you cannot set the higher bribe with the worst system and just be competitive mm -hmm. yeah and uh that's the the problem for soul searchers mostly uh because they had so mm -hmm. they have to build not only build the working system but the system that would be competitive with everyone else's systems so uh, yeah, and, uh, like i don't think basically. yeah so i i don't think uh that the soul searcher can approach that like that easily but if he will want to approach this so one advice from me is just you will have to figure everything out yourself <laughs> so this is like the main <laughs> uh like points uh I will like say for to everyone uh who will want to search because i see like many people just asking someone like uh can you teach me amy can you they like yeah. uh, you, you, you you're just you're just so popular and you're probably like doing uh, millions in revenue like why why would you sh wouldn't you share uh, all your uh, like uh secrets and all the all the alpha <laughs> with us uh, so can you please can uh, <laughs> and so yeah I, I really saw a lot of people like this uh, asking stuff on twitter hopefully they were not in my dms uh, but in someone else's uh <laughs> yeah and in my uh, DMs. 
<laughs> yeah, and so uh, these people are just not gonna make it, right? So the, these people are just like went into crypto for easy money, and but the thing is, it, it, two years of the bear market made it impossible to get like free money, <laughs> even even from airdrops, yeah. right? Like our like saw the post like yesterday uh, that said that some guy did uh like 200 maybe a million uh volume on some exchange on some new exchange on optimism or arbitrum mm -hmm. or solana I, I didn't remember and uh they just got 500 dollars in a in a drop <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so, so 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 they built the system uh to, to like do the market making basically on the on the new like decentralized exchange right and they yeah. spent a lot of time a lot of effort and a lot of funds for like they burned like they burned their funds for the just fees and uh they mm -hmm. just got 500 like dollars in return so, uh, so this is this is the current yeah. state of the market so, yeah so it's really it's, it's really hard to enter for the newcomers and if you want to enter mm -hmm. still you, you'll you have to have the mindset uh, to figure everything out yourself because there's yeah, no yeah, friends in here. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's trying to basically tell you the opposite of what's true or try and play mind games with you to basically limit how fast you can get to their state or even catch up because it's a zero-sum game and whoever basically can incentivize the miner the most gets all the money or... Let's say they have a strategy. They don't want you to kind of like pick up on it and then copy them and then op optimize it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a brutal PvP arena. It's it's kind of like Hunger Games where there's only <laughs> one survivor. But yeah, you, I assume you guys run your own your own nodes, and now you've gotten into block building, right? Um, so how did you really get into block building? Uh, I think that's pretty interesting and quite difficult to get into initially. Yeah, so this is the interesting transition that we had. So I think that most searchers that are doing searching with flashbots are have like have have one problem is that the current like PBS design is not really uh, optimized for the rich feedback. Uh, so you mm -hmm. so it is designed like you just create a bundle, you send the bundle the receiver of this bundle like do the simple validation uh right that that your transaction is actually well signed and the bundle mm -hmm. is not malformed and etc it just do very simple checks and uh it will give you like a, si a single feedback that it gives you is that the, the just hash of the bundle so if your bundle like, is correct like flash boss will give you a uh, hash of this bundle and and and, mm -hmm. and and yeah, that, that's it. So you'll get like no further feedback uh, from uh, the builder or from like relay or from like anyone. Uh, you just set, send it one way and hope it will land. And it if it mm -hmm. will not land, it's very uh, hard to troubleshoot uh, your system. Like why it didn't land? Uh, maybe it wasn't really competitive with other uh, like bundles or maybe the yeah. original uh, like target uh, reverted and maybe like a lot of really stuff could happen like you, you could ha you could have like not enough gas for your transaction to execute and you'll get no feedback so like mm -hmm. you'll get no loss because your transactions will be not be included onto the chain and reverse door right but you also you'll get mm -hmm. no feedback uh, so you will not be able to even like know if your transactions have reverses uh, during the bug building. 
uh, and those mm-hmm. uh, they will not include it. Uh, and this is the problem that we faced, especially right because uh, we had like a, a constant stream of bundles coming to like to the builders and Mm -hmm. we were actually we we wanted to understand what's going on because at some point uh we just have really like very little bundles that actually landed on chain for some reason and we didn't Mm -hmm. uh like know why it happened so we just like our profits were like zero for like several days because no <laughs> bundles were included uh and yeah. we just like wanted to figure out what's the problem so did we set the like low bribe and lose the this competition uh this auction right or did uh, we mm-hmm. had some new bug in our uh smart contract uh, or did we had the bug in the fees calculation or in our solutions there's a lot of like modules that can uh, that can like this can just stop working uh in in such a system mm-hmm. uh that and we don't really know what was the issue and uh especially the blood builder because the black builder uh, the blood builder uh is a black box actually right so you just send as i said yeah. so we wanted to make our own blood builder that that will like mm-hmm. give us very rich output uh in terms of what's going on uh, like uh, and we like we wanted initially we wanted to simulate uh the block building process from the real block builders right and understand what's going yeah. on with our own bundles uh, and uh then like we thought that if we are doing such a complex system right if we are doing a- actually our own block builder to simulate other block builders maybe it's worse like <laughs> putting it in production and uh, make our own like real block builder right so uh mm-hmm. and why not because it's actually the same like the model of block builder and the block builder is <laughs> is the same except the real block builder is putting uh its blocks on blockchain so uh, yeah, and we just built our uh, blog builder. We, we finalized it uh, just m- maybe a month after the PBS came out and the proof of stake hard fork, uh, like were in in power. So, mm-hmm. and I, I think yeah, we just we, we did a little bit after all the other uh, blog builders, and uh, mm-hmm. but but what we found is that. We were not really like competitive uh, on the blood yeah. builder market because uh, the our hypothesis was that we create a lot of our own order order flow uh, from interchain yeah. arbitrage, right? And so we can subsidize our blocks with this uh, order flow. It was exclusive order flow, right? So uh, instead of sending to the competitive block builders, we will send to only our block builder, and thus we will win mm-hmm. all the blocks, right? So, but it turned out yeah. that it's not enough. So uh, it was actually very, very important. So what we found is that to be competitive in the current uh, block building market, you have to do sandwiching. That's the first yep. thing. Uh, it, it, it basically doubles your block building profit uh, from uh, our yeah. statistical analysis. Uh, and the second, and we didn't do sandwiching. Yeah, sandwiching basically is like you got double the transaction inflow, right? I, yeah. think, I think liquidity sniping as well, but it's not as frequent. Um, so that's why, yeah, you, the more, basically the more transactions you got going into your bundle and more transaction inflow, the more share of the market you're going to have and the more frequent you're basically going to have the, the confirmations, right? 
Yeah, and, and the other thing we discovered is that I may be wrong, but if I know correctly, the current like leaders in the Google market, except that was, of course, uh, are mm -hmm. like deeply tied with startup teams that are, are being uh, sexist with DEXs. Uh, and mm -hmm. so the major, I think, the major uh, part uh, of their revenue, of the block builder revenue, uh, are coming from this. Uh, so not even sandwiches, but the startup. So it's the, uh, and mm -hmm. it's really hard to also evaluate the amount of the startup be, of being extracted because uh, it's like not atomic transactions, right? You don't see all the legs of these trades uh so mm -hmm. you don't see like what they're doing on success you don't see what they're doing maybe otc even right so uh and we, yeah. we just only see that some transaction maybe even transfer transaction right if it's otc are like going on chain and uh but mm -hmm. the most uh, like profit the builders are getting right now i think is, is from startup and we didn't have the connections to startup teams at that time uh so yeah so we just like bought uh, our like production uh, of our blog builder. So we just produced some blogs for a little time, and we even produced the, the blog with uh, 300 ETH revenue, if I remember correctly. It was some during some NFT mint, and uh, and it was like probably a bug in this NFT UI that uh, we're mm -hmm. also doing at like transfer to the coinbase <laughs> for some reason uh, as instead oh, of well. like uh, so so to mint nft you should uh, you, you should like pay some eth right to mint and yeah. uh, th there was probably some bug in this smart contracts of this nft uh, that instead of <laughs> doing transaction to like like the contract the, they'll do transaction to the coinbase mm -hmm. or something like that <laughs> so so the block oh, ended well. up in paying like 300 eth to the uh, validators <laughs> and we minded this block yeah because yeah like, and um and like another thing is like if someone does like a front run and exploit or any kind of exploit basically and they want to like bribe their way with like a let's say a map searcher is like a front runner and they do a fixed gas price or you know a fixed like fee to basically pay for the bundle to incentivize the confirmation if they front run a hack, they're basically giving you like 60%, for example, of of a hack, which could be, you know, millions. Yeah, so that's what we found out, basically. And uh, we had to come with some strategy that will like more and more long-term strategy, right? So to become competitive in the block building market. Uh, so, and mm -hmm. we had to offer something to the market right uh, and adapt yeah. uh, that other builders cannot so uh what we ca what we came out with uh, is the idea of this reach out goods a reach feedback from the builder uh, that we were struggling mm -hmm. ourselves with so current builders just like don't give you any feedback as it, as i said earlier and and I, I talked to other searches and this was not only our problem of course but the, it's it's a problem of almost any searcher 
or not, I mean, a searcher, but just a user who just submits their transaction to the builder uh, for some other mm -hmm. reason rather than searching, right? Uh, so this is the problem. Uh, and yeah, and we wanted to address it in our own builder because mm -hmm. we did it for ourselves and we just wanted to put it in production, yeah. expose it into APIs, like do the load balancing and uh, do the 100% uptime uh, for the rest of the market mm -hmm. and just uh, provide it in exchange of uh, transactions coming direct directly to us so yeah and uh, that's what we are building basically uh and like we uh, like our goal is to be like very user developer friendly uh and the yep. our target audience not like even interchange searchers like uh because we are i think we are covering most of the strategies uh, right now, and yep. uh, like we are mostly targeted towards startup uh, teams uh, that are getting that are very used to uh, text APIs, uh, and uh, like mm -hmm. because the text APIs are like very developer friendly, uh, that's mostly a good experience. Uh, and we want to make like similar set of APIs, but for on chain, because right now, like the, you have to do a lot of stuff yourself. Not only run the yeah. nodes, but you have to modify these nodes, and you just have to build their your own set of APIs, uh, and like you have to simulate everything. You have to uh, have all the math re-implemented from Solidity to like Rust or something, right? Yeah, and and it's really complicated, right? Or in, if you want to do swaps in Unity three, or you want to do uh, like uh, instant liquidity provision, right? Of for Unity three, like it's really hard. To to evaluate everything and so what we want to do is to make uh, our basically we already have everything right so we just use it ourselves and what we want to do is to just expose it to the everything else and uh, just like say mm -hmm. you can use us our apis and but just please send your transactions to us so we so we will uh -huh. not so we'll become like more competitive on the market of the block building yeah. and we will be able to uh, additionally subsidize these our built blocks with our own order flow that we are creating and mm -hmm. uh, yeah so what would your own order flow look like so our old order flow is basically backruns right uh that are okay. going after user transactions uh that are uninformed order order flow so the user sends transactions to it, somehow it, we see this transaction arise from the transaction pool or some from some private uh channel right we see the transaction mm -hmm. we uh do the background and we also like wanna like pay the user too so like the map blocker does mm -hmm. currently uh because like there's an it's an additional incentive for users to send transactions for us privately so we, okay. we want to yeah and we want to pay the user so yeah so basically, as I described, like we do the arbitrage and our order flow is mostly an arbitrage, non-extractive, right? So that's, that's beneficial yeah. to both users and uh, both LPs, users and us. So yeah, that's the or our like private order flow we want to subsidize our blocks with. So we will just not send it to other block builders, but exclusively to our block builder. Yeah, yeah. So basically, when you see like a transaction you're, and you do an arbitrage, you're basically subsidizing them and, and paying them for basically, oh, thank you for this opportunity. Here's a little cut. 
Yeah, yeah. Not even a little cut, but like we are playing to give like maybe 50% or maybe even more uh, oh, to wow. the user. Yeah, yeah because we wow, just yeah. cut a lot of intermediaries, right? And we don't have to pay everything to the validator because if the transaction, because currently the transaction that came to the transaction pool uh, is seen by everyone and the auction is basically uh, is that uh, there's a competition uh, to the uh, like in terms of bribes paid to the validator, right? So 95, 90, 95% of the bribe is going to validator. But when your transaction is private, it, it is private to you. You don't have to pay uh, any bribe to the validator, right? You, you can pay mm -hmm. uh, everything to the user, back to the user. So we can, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we are saving 100% of the bribe mostly. And like, we just split it in half and we just pay half of, to ourselves and half to the user. I think it's a fair deal. Yeah, yeah. So, so how did you, yeah. And how what, did you even get? How did you get, even get into basically block building and like how? Like let's say if uh, sorry, not not that question. Basically, if you were to get back into block building from scratch and where you didn't know anything about you know block building or even like node creation, how would you how would you even approach that now? Now knowing what you know now, how would you accelerate that sort of a process? Like I don't think it's really. It is that easy. <laughs> as, as, yeah, yeah. The same point, as the same point as I said, the, in terms of searching. Yeah, so, but it's like, it's technically, it's much more easy right now because uh, Flashboss did uh, open source all their stuff. And you yeah. basically can just like uh, copy paste the code and run your own builder for mm -hmm. free. And this actually, this actually it, it will even like receive bundles and et cetera. So you just have to yeah. set up the middleware and maybe it's sentry nodes and et cetera and uh, the database and just run it. It's so it's, it's, re it's very complete yeah. uh, because when we did, uh, we built our builder, <laughs> we code out, coded out yeah. our builder. Uh, it, it's, there wasn't a, a, any reference and currently like there's Flashboss open source uh, builder code and uh, everything will be upon it. So yeah, and that's, that's how actually one can get started in block building. But uh, as I mm -hmm. said, it's really hard to get to be competitive, you, you have to, so, so you, you, you should have some connections to someone uh, who has order flow, like private order flow, uh, yeah, to yeah. subsidize your blocks. And unfortunately, you'll have to accept also uh, this uh, like extractive toxic uh, order flow like sandwiches. Because yeah, unfortunately, yeah. in the current uh, auction, it's not uh, like you will not be competitive without it, and that's what like mm -hmm. Yuri uh, Klarman from from Blockstrout we were saying uh, basically is that yeah it's actually a, a, a great problem because th there's just no way you can accept these toxic bundles. Yeah, this how mm -hmm. this the current PBS auction is designed, and that's uh, one of the many flaws of it. So yeah, it's it's a big one. It's basically accepting detrimental transactions to users. But if you don't accept it, someone else is, and then you're not going to get transaction for it, right? So it's just going to always get on chain. Um, I guess like what what does a day in a life look look like for you when doing like block building and MEV? Uh, day in life, like in the real life, or <laughs> yeah, like how do you structure your day so you can kind of like juggle everything and keep oh, up with you know uh, competition? Uh, the, 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 <laughs> that's a really like painful question, Leah, because 
<laughs> what? Because I don't know, like may, you, you might be seeing a lot of like YouTubers doing their videos about their day in life uh, and they're called like day in life of the Facebook coder, right? Or day in life of the Google <laughs> uh, coder. Uh, and you, you yeah. basically, it's, it's like an ideal life where you just like stay awake and you just drink the coffee, go to the gym and then you just yeah, yeah. like... It's it's like it's like a life of a Superman basically. <laughs> so uh, yeah. and I think in reality is reality is pretty much different. Uh, and so like my reality is mostly like just normal life, but it's not really normal. It's worth <laughs> worse than normal uh, yeah, because yeah. because it, if you are doing like any sort of startup like and oh i think all mm -hmm. startups know this that if you do any sort of startup and you're like wearing all the hats possible uh you have to work mm -hmm. like not even twice as much as like normal code right so you are you, you should be aware of everything's going on like 24 7 uh right and mm -hmm. uh, it, it it doesn't give you any room for like personal life or <laughs> like yeah, so you, you you're basically yes yeah, sacrificing your life and your like young years uh, like your best years in your life you're sacrificing them for your performance and yeah yeah and that's actually my case too so uh what i do mm -hmm. is mostly sit on on the computer like and coding or like think thinking about coding uh then i'm yeah, monitoring same. twitter for some like news hacks protocols dramas and etc so uh -huh. that's a day in life of like like a normal like internet user basically uh, except <laughs> that uh, I, i'm coding a lot so yeah and, yeah, yeah same and, with me. so so there's not really much to brag about <laughs> so it's really like that you you've got to basically be hands-on all the time and sacrifice personal life for basically your career right because if you're not going to yeah. do it someone else is going to do it and it's the only way you can kind of keep up with performance and optimization and even competition so it is brutal but it's it's like a necessary evil um, and if it all turns out well, then it's it's somewhat worth it, I guess, in the future. Because then you've just kind of sacrificed, you know, short term partying and I don't know, like healthy lifestyle <laughs> for yeah, um, yeah. you know, future for success. Sure. And then you live the rest of your life with a, I guess, like less worries uh, financially if it all turns out well. But you've also got like the experience of doing the startup, and you can spend like the rest of your life with, I guess, your loved ones and. Whatnot. But if it doesn't turn out, then you just, well, you just get experience and then you just move on to the next one until it works, right? Yeah, so it's all about like the perception of life and uh, also the risks involved, right? So as mm -hmm. and everything. So you just, yeah, so if if the experience that you get in the most negative case like it's it's worth it's worth it so then you just go for it right and it's also i think it's also very tied to all the responsibilities you have as a person in your life so if you like for example mm -hmm. Uh, th that's why I like don't recommend going to searching for most people, right? Because they all, if, if they're like not 18 or like 20 years old, they already might have a family to care about, right? So they have already yeah. already have a personal life and they just 
like don't have to sacrifice it because they already have like a good life and they just should be mm-hmm. improving it right so they they shouldn't like break everything and go like in the woods with the your laptop <laughs> and starting your yeah. own like searcher <laughs> bot um, from scratch yeah because you you have something like to to lose right but if you like a young mm-hmm. person young ambitious and uh like y- you understand that like parents may take care of you if uh, all goes wrong right so you have some yeah and you have like no responsibilities yeah, like, and so that's actually might be worth it so that's uh, you're young and uh, hungry so that's what uh, you are doing like you do some sort of startup but i i don't i don't think like searching is a popular thing right now you know like everyone's pirating to ai <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, so actually i i think the like most young and hungry persons will do their own wrapper around uh, gpt4 <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it seems pretty common right now and i i totally agree with uh if you have less responsibilities you should definitely be trying to maximize risk um as long as you can keep your your head above water because if you're not taking the risks early then you won't be able to take the risks later uh, when you have more responsibilities i guess with you know family and like trying to keep like a basically a healthy lifestyle with friends and and whatnot because that's kind of like life is kind of about in my in my eyes at least without friends it, it gets kind of boring right but yeah i i think this has been quite an interesting and interesting talk and it's been a pleasure to have you on and i'm very thankful we thought to have this chance to chat and create a connection and i hope a lot the people listening if there are people listening <laughs> enjoy this talk as well very insightful from a you know an experienced sort of mev searcher as yourself yeah thank you for the inviting me and yeah i really enjoyed our conversation as well Yeah so uh, mm-hmm. and to talk uh, about it and like to let people know how it is to be a searcher and like what struggles yeah. <laughs> and, the realities and, and search a full time <laughs> searcher have like yeah <laughs> that's basically it yeah thank you guys yeah ne- next time we we definitely got to talk about the war stories of uh past experiences but um that that's for another episode so we'll definitely have you back on um but until then take care yeah thank you you do know.